0: Hey fam, let's catch the moment. We open this space with the acknowledgement that the land in which we are located is occupied and unceded territories. On this, their traditional land and ancestral home join us in acknowledging the tribal groups from where we personally vibe, including the Kickapoo, Kansas, Osage, Odos, Missouri, Pawnee, Sioux, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Choctaw, and Chitty tribes. We look to you as we become better stewards of the land we inhabit. Peace and love. Let go. Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: What's up and welcome to the We Out Here podcast, a place to hear the stories of black, brown, and indigenous folks in science and nature. My name is Alexi G, coming to you from the black lands of the Kumeyaay down here in San Diego, California. It's a vibe. I'm just trying to wake up today because it's an early recording of that We Out Here podcast. With me as always, we got my special friend and co-host, the one and only
0: Thousand Jones holding it down on the east coast boom 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 boom, boom. it's not early here
1: <laughs> no we're on two different vibes it's not
0: <laughs> we've actually had half of a day uh, so there's that yeah holding down on the east coast out here in narragansett land aka pbd providence rhode island the ocean state because they continue to call themselves that i will continue to give them their due name
1: we have a special guest today who's enduring all of our shenanigans hey. go ahead and introduce yourself with your name your pronouns and what you do
2: So, hi everyone. Uh, My name is Lamise Hussein. I use they, them pronouns. I am currently in uh, Gainesville, Florida, so home of the Tamaqua people. And right now, I am a PhD student studying diversity, equity, and inclusion within uh, the conservation field. But for the past Eight or so years before I came down here to uh, to Florida, I worked as a herpetologist for a state agency in Washington State.
1: Yeah, Herp Gang. Let's go. Yep. Herp City. Herp City. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. That one's nice. So for the folks who don't know who have heard me bloviating, but I've never explained it, what is a herpetologist and what do y'all do?
2: A herpetologist is a wildlife biologist who specifically studies uh, amphibians and reptiles. So everything from cute, adorable little like toads and little turtles and stuff all the way to, you know, crocodiles and rattlesnakes, Uh, there's some little peppered kind of odd animals in there like sicilians and salamanders and like you know lizards and stuff like that but yeah i feel like all the animals that people are usually like terrified of or the media is just like you know snakes eat j-lo so nobody wants you know to like work with snakes and stuff that's what that's (laughs) what we do how long
1: have you been doing outreach
2: Oh man, like years. Like when I was working for Washington Fish and Wildlife, I was doing outreach. And even now here at UF, I'm president of the Natural Resource Diversity Initiative. And we specifically go to uh, a lot of underserved communities in Gainesville and like the greater Gainesville area. And we work with a lot of organizations who help us basically get funds to bust these kids out to natural areas. So it's like no cost to the school whatsoever.
0: Outreach is like usually, usually the best part of the job, like because not for profits are like we have nothing, but we have outreach. And it's okay, But we do also know as outreachers that there's always more to the job. So like you do (laughs) you do the thing with the community and with the schools and then like you have to go to work in the office and sit there. Did you have like any other roles and responsibilities when you were doing when you were working there with Washington State?
2: Yeah, so, you know, like, my main response, like, outreach wasn't even, like, the main part of my job. You know, like, the main part of my job as, like, a herpetologist there, I was working with a research scientist and the state herpetologist to do a bunch of different projects surrounding, like, giant salamanders, Van Dyke salamanders that were endemic, and then turtles and snakes. And so, like, the snake one was always my favorite. Luckily, with the position that I had, like, I would say it was, like, 80-20 field work to, like, office work, which is nice. Like, the dream, right, for, like, a biologist, you know. But some of those projects, like, you know, like, we were camped out for months for some of them. You know, like, the snake ones in particular. Like, I love snakes, so I was always, like, gung-ho to do these. But, like, because of where the snakes are in the state and how they kind of, like, uh, den up, like, in these, like, face-level dens, like, those sites and, like, those projects were always just, like, the most, like, adrenaline, like, inducing things that I was doing.
0: That, that, um, <clears throat> that, that, uh, that, that sound like a story. So, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it's, it's story time.
2: The snake projects were always, they were ones that I was just always, like, frothing at the mouth for, right? Because, like, Washington does not have that many snakes. Like, The diversity of snakes that we have is really cool, but we don't have a lot of them. And so, especially on the western side of the state, we have like three different species of garter snakes. We have rubber boas, like all of them are cool. But what I really wanted was the rattlesnakes, you know, like rattlesnakes are loves of my life, you know. So I started talking to the state herpetologist about kind of helping her with some of the, the snake stuff that she was doing. And one of the projects that I got looped into was for striped whip snakes. Now striped whip snakes are for like people who've never seen them before. They're these really long kind of like slender noodley snakes. So they're not really thick bodied or anything, but they're very long. And they look really similar to a garter snake where they're kind of like okay. drab on top, but they've got like these two stripes, you know, going oh, down their I- back. Okay.
0: I was going to say like a black red snake. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. So yeah. like
2: they're they're kind of like this brownish black color. They've got the two stripes. And then if you flip them over underneath like where their tail is, it's kind of this yeah. really beautiful like salmon colored like orange pink. They also have these really big eyes because like yeah, they're yeah, highly uh, love- visual ones. Yeah, they're so uh-huh. adorable. And so, you know, like the way that they hunt primarily is they periscope up. So, they, you know, like they lift uh-huh. most of their bodies up and they're like looking around for these little lizards, you know, like, that are in their area. Sharp <laughs> whip snakes are, they're very adorable snakes, but the caveat of that is they're uh-huh. very spicy. And not, like, yeah. spicy, like, venomous spicy, but spicy of, like, the first thing they're going to go for is to bite your yep. nose. Um, and, like, I say that because, like, when I was talking to Lisa, the state herpetologist, uh, she was explaining to me, she's like, you know, they're hard to catch anyway. You know, and she's like, but when you get a hold of one of these snakes, like you need to make sure that like you're holding it far enough away from your face when we're working it up, because the first thing they're gonna do is turn around and they're gonna tag you in the face. They can get like past three feet. So I mean they're they're long snakes, okay. you know. And so when you're holding them, you know, like it's a lot of snake to hold, but luckily they're not thick. So it makes it, you know, like a little easier. So all that being said, cute snakes, right? But Washington is at the very top of their range. And so there's not a huge population of them there. And they're pretty cryptic. So we don't know a lot about them. And where they have such good eyesight, as soon as they see you coming, they're gone. Like, they're out. Like, they're not, like, you can't even get, like, that close to them. So it's always, like, kind of a pain to be able to, like, capture one and stuff. You kind of have to go from the top down, right? So you got to, like get, like, your bird senses in, you know, like, searching up top for, like, these snakes that are underneath of you, so you can just, like, you know, catch her from above. (laughs) Like, jump Uh down on them.
0: We are spider people.
2: Right? Exactly, yes. (laughs) 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 So, you know, I'm talking with her about this project, and, like, I don't know how else to describe this besides, like, an adventure movie. I go to her, like, cubicle that she has, and she has this big map, and she just lays it out on her desk. Like, you know, like in adventure movies where you're, like, searching for treasure and stuff? She just lays out this huge map on her desk. There are, like, six specific sites for the striped book snakes. And one of them I'm looking at, and it's got this little caution triangle next to it. And I'm just like, that's weird. You know, like, is there some kind of, like, radioactive thing, like, going on here? Yeah, right. And so I asked her, I was like, well, you know, like, what's this site? Like, why is there a triangle? And she's like, oh. She's like, well, that site... Has our most uh, like sightings and stuff of striped whip snakes, uh, but and she paused for a minute and she was just like, "There's a lot of rattlesnakes here," and I was like, "Okay," mm-hmm. like you know, just like sure, you know, because like rattlesnakes and striped whip snakes, like they overlap in range, but they also overlap in like the habitat that they want to be in, like they den up together and stuff like that. So it wasn't like surprising. I was just like, "Okay, well, you know, like." Duh. Like, of course there's gonna be rattlesnakes there, you know, it's just like canyony land, you know, like shrub step and stuff. So, like, naturally you would expect there to be rattlesnakes. And I was like, okay, and like you know, I'm sitting there with a smile and she's like, no. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. There are a lot of rattlesnakes here. And Lisa like you know state herpetologist and stuff did her graduate studies on rattlesnakes you know like you know she's got rattlesnake stuff on her desk like she knows rattlesnakes she loves them but this look of like i need you to understand (laughs) like there are a lot here and and um you know she's like every time i go to this site she was like i'm always just like amazed by how many there are and she was like i need you to promise me that like when you go to this specific site she was like you're you're in you know like the proper footwear you've got chaps on you know like you're being cautious of where you're putting your hands and stuff like that and i was like yeah you know like for sure so naturally that is the site that i focused on the most yeah. because i was like that i need to know how many rattlesnakes are out here <laughs> um, so, I went to this site a couple of times, um, was kind of meandering around and we weren't like always specifically looking just for like an individual stripe whip snake. We were also looking for their sheds because we were doing a lot of like genetic analysis on their sheds to just get an idea of like how diverse the population and stuff was. And so I went to this site a couple times, found, you know, like little shed areas and stuff like that. And I was like, cool. One day, I found where, like, the location of, like, a den was. And so not only was there a striped snake shed, there was this cute little rattlesnake sitting in front of it. And I was just like, yes, like, this is it! Like, you know. But this particular rattlesnake, it was a female, and she looked like she had something wrong with her eye. And at the time, like, we hadn't really been thinking about snake fungal disease or anything, and I'll get a little more into that a little later. So, I saw her, you know, took a few pictures or whatever, and I uh, came back the following year, and she was still there. And I was like, okay, so this is, like, for sure, like, you know, a den site and stuff. And I would only see maybe, like, four or five snakes around this. And so, I'm just like, Lisa's over here telling me, like, there's so many snakes. And, like, the most I see anytime I go there is, like, five to ten. And so, I'm just like, okay, Lisa, like... <laughs> 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 like you're just trying to like yeah. so that's kind of like the background of like the site itself and then um kind of like fast forward to 2021 right so I have been going out to this site since 2017 so I've been going out there you know for a couple years and 2021 comes around, and now we're concerned about snake fungal disease, right? Like, it's it's been running rampant in on the East Coast, and uh, for those who don't know, snake fungal disease is this kind of thing that causes, like, these really nasty lesions on snakes, and a lot of times their eyes look weird. And so I'm thinking of, you know... My little bestie that I had who had like the weird eye and it didn't really look like snake fungal disease. It looked more like just like a a weird like defect or something. But I told Lisa and I was like, we should really go out to the site and start swabbing, you know, for snake fungal disease because we knew that it was hitting rattlesnakes really hard. So we were concerned about our rattlesnakes. But then we were also concerned because the striped whip snakes were denning with the rattlesnakes over the winter. And so the idea was like, you know, shit if like the rattlesnakes get it and they get it to the striped whip snakes all of a sudden our striped whip snake population is going to plummet and so I was like all right I'm going to go out you know on this weekend and it was around April which is really like a good time to like go out to these den sites because it's warm enough for the snakes to come out but it's not warm enough for them to disperse right okay and so I tell my roommate Casey I'm like look we're going and like Casey was also a fellow herpetologist. We worked together on a lot of projects. She was like my ride or die when it came to snakes. Like she knew what she was doing, you know, and like, I didn't have to worry. Like if I get bit by a snake, if she gets bit by a snake, like we know what to do, right? And so I was like, look, I want to make like this weekend trip and go to, you know, like this snake site. And she had been to the site with me before and she was like, okay, you know, like sounds good. And so we wake up super early. Because to get to this particular site, it's a three and a half hour drive from where we are. And we want to get there kind of, you know, like at a time where it's starting to warm up, but it's not too hot. And so... I don't know why we decided to leave this early in the morning. We get up at 5 and hit the road at 5.30. (laughs) And, like, the whole time just, like, kind of, like, groggy, you know. And, like, Casey and I drink so much coffee. Like, so much coffee. And so we've got these, like, two huge thermoses of coffee. We, like, stop and buy more coffee, you know. So, like... Uh, <laughs> I'll
1: put in some audio of your heart rate
2: <laughs> Yeah now. just like you know just like driving fast on I five just like coffee fueled, you know. And so we hit traffic like per, like anybody who lives in Washington, like I five, which is like the main corridor on the west side, like you get around Tacoma, like you're dead stop traffic. It doesn't matter what time, like you're dead stop traffic. And so we get we get up to Tacoma. And we're sitting there in dead stop traffic, you know, which like didn't make sense to me because I'm like, it's the weekend. What are these people doing? You know, like, it's not like it's a work day or anything. So we we finally make it through that. We both are just like getting ready to piss our pants at this point because after four things of coffee, you know, it's it's a lot. And so we, you know, we go through, we're at the pass on uh, Snoqualmie Pass, which is kind of like our, our halfway point at this point. And by this point, Casey and I are starting to make bets on like how many snakes we're gonna see, right? And like the most we had seen at one point was like 10. And Casey's like, I don't know, like, you know, the city that this site is in, you know, it's supposed to be like pretty nice today. You know, there's no rain or anything. It's been pretty warm the past couple days. Casey was like, I bet we see 25 you know, for like this whole, this whole area. And uh, I was like, all right, all right. I was like, I'll say like 15, you know, and we're taking bets on that. We're talking about, you know, oh, like I bet there's going to be like little neonates, a so little baby snakes out, you know, and we start talking about like other times that we had been like, you know, to this particular site and like cool things that we had seen. And so, you know, we're starting to like ramp up and we're starting to get excited and, uh, <laughs> We finally we finally get to where the site is and the road to get into the site is sand, right? So it's just like this deep sand, but luckily like every other lesbian in Washington, I have a Subaru, so it makes it easy to like get through, right? Subaru gang,
1: what's up? <laughs> yeah, I
2: was about to
0: say, wait, Alexi, you also yeah, I got my used. Subaru too. <laughs> um,
2: I can't tell you how so unprepared I was for this day. Like, I broke Lisa's promise, right? I didn't bring chaps with me. Because, like, I was just like, nah, we're fine. Like, it's fine. Okay,
1: real quick, what are chaps for the people who don't know about this equipment?
2: So, chaps, they're kind of like two different types of, uh, like, snake protection you can get. There's gators, which are kind of these, like, Kevlar type things that you can wrap around like your calf that sit like on the top of your ankle to kind of protect like your whole lower part. Chaps are like when you think of people on motorcycles you know like the assless chap things like that's what we're going out looking for (laughs) snakes for. It's very fashionable you know just like (laughs) yeah and so Generally, when I went to the site, I usually had like gators or chaps on just because also like this particular site has cheap grass which is an invasive, but it's really tall. And so when you're kind of walking through it, you wouldn't really be able to see snakes or anything if they were low down. And we had extra tufts on, which are essentially like these big rain boots, you know. And so Casey and I had done an experiment where Casey had taken a little needle, and I had the extra tuft on, and she would just start like stabbing at the boot because she was like, well, if the you know the needle can't get through this, snake can't get through it. And I was just like, yeah, like that's science. Like we'll go with that. Like this is how like you know. <laughs> Did it get through? it didn't get through it didn't get through and so we were just like all right like you know this must be fine this must be we tested uh-huh. it like <laughs> this
0: is fine <laughs> two out of ten scientists approved
2: it's yeah exactly that,
0: that feels
1: like the same level of testing as kick saying they're uh, kid tested mother approved like <laughs> you're like all right cool that counts
2: so <laughs> we went out in these extra tests and uh There were a lot of, like, tumbleweeds and stuff in the road. So we kept having to get out and, like, move the tumbleweeds and stuff. And, like, we're breaking for every stick that's in the road like any other herpetologist because you think every stick is a snake, you know. And so we end up getting out to the site. It's probably around, like, 10 o'clock at this point. You know, sun's coming out. Like, it's nice and warm. And so we get out of the car and we start walking. I've got my snake hook with me, which is just kind of, like... Know how else to describe it other than a hook, but it's pretty long, right? (laughs) So, like, I like the snake hook that I had in particular was about four feet. So, and it's got it's like basically a pole that has a little hook on the end, and it's what you can do to kind of move snakes out of the way or if you're trying to handle snakes and stuff. So, we had one of those, and I had tubes in my car for if we did find a snake that did have snake fungal disease, you tube them, and the way you do this is you just get them to get their little heads in this tube. That way they feel supported when you're holding them. It keeps, you know, you away from their mouth. It makes them feel secure because they're in like a tight little hole and stuff because that's usually where snakes are going to try to go if they feel threatened. So we had all that stuff. We get out, you know, and like all these birds are going off because like this particular site is, you know, sagebrush. It's got these really tall rock faces and there's a nice kind of water body next to it. So like there's osprey everywhere, you know, like there's metal larks and stuff. And like the smell of sagebrush is like heaven. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like this really hot smelling plant, right? Oh. It's hot it's like, I don't know. Like a, it's like a hot minty smelling plant. Yeah.
0: Does it remind you actually of like the plant sage? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it is, okay, yeah. It's, it's awesome. And um, there are a couple other like plants out there that had just started like blooming, you know, which was really beautiful. And so Casey and I are like taking our time, you know, like meandering around and, you know, like waiting for it to get a little warmer before we go to, one, where we know the, the den site is for the rattlesnakes, just check them out, but two, before we kind of go to these different sites where we know like stripe whip snakes shed and stuff like that, uh, just to get it a little warmer. And so around like noon, you know, sun's up really high, it's nice and warm, it's probably about like 62 degrees at this point, so it's like perfect temperature. We walk around this rock face and the rock face looks like if you've ever seen people who like rock climb a lot like it's like the perfect thing for like rock climbing, right? Like there are little like cracks to put your hands and your feet. There are these big boulders like at the bottom of them and stuff. And then like kind of like these little outcrops and snakes generally like staying to where like their back is like up against like this rock outcrop cuz they feel protected. You know, so you're, you're searching kind of along the bottom, but then you have to be mindful that there are these little cracks and holes like face level or above you where they're also probably hanging out to you. So you've got to check everything. And so we come around the corner and, you know, like we're just chatting, you know, like just not paying attention. Like <laughs> not paying attention, like bad, like bad or her- Like we're talking about like some bird that just flew by us. Like me and Casey are not birders. And so like, we're trying to like describe like There was another person we worked with who's, like, a really big bird. And I was like, I'm trying to describe, like, what this bird, like, looks like and stuff. And, like, Uh trying to write it down in a note. And I'm just, like, ball, yellow. Like, so, like, you know, we're walking and talking. Uh I'm, like, writing stuff. And then I see the entrance to this den. The, you know, like, my little bestie rattlesnake is usually at. And, you know, like, I'm not super focused on it or anything. So we start walking towards it. And I jump up on a rock, like, this big boulder that's, like, in front of it and casey jumps up on a rock like a little bit beside me and immediately when we jump up we both just freeze because we hear a rattlesnake right and most like even people like i've worked with rattlesnakes like so much lisa has worked with rattlesnakes so much casey has worked with them and stuff. There is something, like, in, like, our lizard brains where when you hear that sound, <laughs> you just freeze, like, yeah. and it, it's, like, it's not even, like, oh my god, I'm scared, it's just, like, your brain is just, like, there's something around you, I can't see uh-huh. it yet, but, like, I hear it, and I know that means yeah. that yep. I am irritating yep. something, you know, or something's telling yep. me, like, you need to back off, right? Right it's such a mixture of just like you're excited right because you're just like oh Uh yes okay like you know like there's a snake here but the other part of you is just like but i don't see it i didn't see the snake and then it rattled i heard the snake first and so then you're just like okay so like there's a snake somewhere (laughs) and so like i'm looking around and like i'm not seeing anything and then all of a sudden the one snake starts going and then I hear another one. And so like both me and Casey like turn our heads because now there's two going. And then slowly this crescendo course of rattlesnakes just starts going off. And Casey and I are just frozen at this point because I'm just like, one, sick, (laughs) like so excited. You know, like this is definitely more than 10 rattlesnakes, right? But the other part of me is just like, shit. Like, I don't see any of these, you know? And there's a lot of them. Um, And so, like, I turn and look at Casey, and Casey is just, like, staring, like, wide-eyed at, like, the bottom of the rock. And, like, I look down, there's just this big rattlesnake coming from my rock, going underneath her rock. And I was just like, okay, Uh okay. But that one's not rattling. All the rest of these are still rattling. (laughs) And so, like, I look up at this rock face, like where this den site is, and like, I'm like squinting my eyes and like, you know, like focusing them in. And I realize that where every little crevice is, where like the base of this rock face is, in every little crack that there could be something, there is a rattlesnake. And they're just around this one den site, right? And like the next den site that we knew about was couple hundred meters away so like it's not like you know enough, yeah. you know it is a possibility there could be one, more than one like densite together but like they're all right. around this entrance and I'm like oh my god because like now we have to like go around and do a health assessment right because if there's this many rattlesnakes here and even just one of them has snake fungal disease like that's a problem right and Casey is just like staring at me for a second she's like so um we doing this? And I was like, yeah, like, I guess. And, you know, as we're, like, looking at these rattlesnakes, um, the rock face in front of us is, like, you know, like, 20 feet, right? And so, like, we can't, like, we came, like, around it, and so we didn't start at the top, and so while I'm kind of, like, slowly maneuvering, is taking binoculars and looking up, right? And so she's trying to look in, like, all of these crevices and stuff. And she's looking for, like, whip snakes, but she's also looking to see, like, if there's any other rattlesnakes up there. And she's, like, yelling out numbers of, like, rattlesnakes to me. And, like, I'm I'm shifting around, you know, slowly, like, looking at each individual snake. And I'm noticing that, like, it's not just one snake, usually together. It's, like, it's, it's quite a few of them. And they're all trying to stay warm, but they're all together. And... I found my friend, you know, she was like cuddled up with her little buddies too and you know she was looking fine and I got a closer look at her eye and like I said it definitely wasn't snake fungal disease it was just more of like you know a deformity that she had with one of the scales above her eye but she was snuggled up next to a larger female rattlesnake and both of them had a little neonate on their back like like just mamas like hanging out with their babies you know this is like a play date for them and like a lot of people think that like snakes don't make good moms but we know that like especially with female rattlesnakes and stuff and like even like pythons like we know that they stay like with their babies for a little bit you know like before they kind of go out and stuff and so this was just kind of like this big like nursery thing that was like happening. And so, like, one by one, like, we're going through the rattlesnakes, you know, they'll calm down, and then it gets quiet, but then, like, all of a sudden, like, I step, and it shifts a little bit of rock, and they're all just like, shh, you know, like, it starts <laughs> up again. <laughs> like, they forgot I was there, and they're just like, oh, my God, like, you know, this, this person again. And so, I make my way, like, all the way around the den, and Casey, you know, like, slowly makes her way, too, and we finally go up this kind of little slope that takes us up to, like, the top of this rock face, and we add up like how many we saw and there were a hundred and fifty rattlesnakes around this one den site
1: and you saw as many rattlesnakes as there are pokemon in the first generation
0: (laughs) it was was that was a family reunion okay
2: (laughs) but i mean it was amazing and like at one point like casey and i are just like kind of laughing about it when we get to the top and casey's like so are we playing by, like, Price's right rules as far as, like, our <laughs> bet earlier? She's like, because I think I win, you know? <laughs> <But> <laughs> and so we kind of meander around to, like, the other, like, sites. Uh, we find a few sheds for uh, the striped whip snake, but at this point, like, our adrenaline is just, like, we're going, you know? And, like, the other sites, like, don't have nearly as many rattlesnakes, you know? Those were more, like, 5 to 10 that we were seeing. But what started happening, there's a particular plant kind of in the sagebrush and stuff that it's seed pods, the seeds in it are loose. And so if you run by it or whatever, wind blows it, it shakes and it sounds like a rock snake. <laughs> And there are also these little like crickets and stuff that are out there that also sound like it. And so that would happen and Casey and I would just like immediately like, <laughs> 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 yeah. um, Over there,
1: the brush like, got
2: him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so I mean, it was great. Uh-huh. And like, you know, we make our way back to the car, and I remember just, like, sitting in the car, just, like, staring, like, at the road, and, like, Casey just straight, like, lights up a cigarette next to me, and she's like, I need this, like, I need this, this is, like, a day. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, we sat there, and we sat there for a little while, and, like, we're both just, like, both just cheesing, but, like, you know, at this point, like, your adrenaline has, like, peaked and, like, gone back down, and, like... Uh-huh. You know, I was like, all right, now we got to, you know, take this drive back home. And and so uh, we start heading back home and Casey's like, we should take, you know, like the long way home. And like the caveat to this, like the whole thing is like at this point, like I had found out that like I had got accepted at UF. Right. And so there was a really big part of me that like I was like, man, you know, like. I, I mean and I know that like eventually I will, but you know, like, there was a point where I was like, Man, like I'm never gonna have like an adventure like this again you know, like you know, with Casey and like with these snakes and it felt a little bit like, you know, like a send-off, right? From my, my little, yeah. like, family of snakes. They were just like, oh my God, get you. Like, you know. <laughs> and, of course, like, you know, i was just, like, crying in the car. And Casey's just like, it's fine. Like, you know, you're, you're going to come back and come visit. And, you know, like, we'll go to the site and stuff. And um, I ended up calling my parents, which... <laughs> my dad is from Baghdad, right? And, like... Uh-huh. Snakes and animals, like just mm-mm. Mm-mm. Like when when my aunts found out that like I was working with snakes, like I like I we were on a video chat and like I remember my dad like explaining it to him in Arabic and they were just like, Oh, like what, like, what?
1: <laughs> and, I was gonna ask you what it was like being first gen and studying snakes. Yeah,
2: it was just like a lot like why would you like no, Like why would you do that? <laughs> And so, like, I'm explaining to my parents, like, what happened. And my dad's, like, not getting it. My dad's, like, you know, like, Baba, uh. what do you mean? And uh, I was, like, oh, like, you know, there are all these snakes. And so my mom is, like, trying to, like, translate it for him. And he stops for a second. And he's just, like, Baba Lamus, you can't, like, go out and, like, be surrounded by all these snakes? Like, what if you get bit? And then I was just, like, Dad, I was, like, you know, it's just, like, part of my job, you know. And then, like, he just starts freaking out. And he just starts screaming in Arabic, you know, about it. And I was just, like well, I mean, like, it's okay, you know, like, I'll be at, you know, like, UF and stuff. And he was like, you're gonna, like, work a snake down there, too. And I bought a <laughs> snake, right? Like, as I do. And so, like, now my dad, like, has to get used to snakes. <laughs> and he's just, okay. like, I, I, like, sent him pictures of, like, uh, the hognos that I have. or uh, like pic- are cute, yeah. Yeah, they're adorable. Oh, my, my. But, like, I also, like, sent him uh, pictures of, like, the rattlesnakes and stuff from that day. And he's like, mashallah, like, <laughs> like why <laughs> like... <laughs> um, I was say
0: like, he about to be next door with Casey uh, with a cigarette outside <laughs> Stressed.
2: Stressed. Stressed.
1: they're both like wow they I've never seen something like this in all my time
2: and so like we we, we get back and the next day I have to go into work and like go up to Lisa and I, you know like I give her I give her these you know sheds that we found. and I'm just sitting there looking at her. And she was just like, what? And I was like, there were a lot of rattlesnakes there. And she's like, oh yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, uh, and, you know, went through the whole story and explained to her like you know there were like 150 rattlesnakes. And she just has like this shit eating grin on her face, and she's like, yeah. I told you. <laughs> like I told you that there were a lot of snakes there. <laughs> but, yeah. Shout
1: out to Lisa. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. She knew. She knew.
0: <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh what a send-off. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So just like a follow-up question on the on the snake den itself. What would you describe a snake den or, I know there's a term for it, but I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head, but what, what does that look like if a person were to walk upon one?
2: So the term for them are habanaculas. It really just like depends on where you go, but generally speaking, it's like these big kind of like boulders and stuff. And like within the boulders, it's like a little cave, right? And so a lot of habanaculas actually go down like six feet.
1: Yeah, cool, cool. So you mentioned earlier about like you and your partner in studying the snakes both know like snake bite treatments. A lot of folks out there think they know snake bite treatments. And having done outreach, I'm sure you've heard a couple wild ones. Uh, What is the wildest treatment for a snake bite that you have heard myth-wise?
2: Myth-wise, when I was in Kentucky, there was an older gentleman who told me the way that you get it out is you take a match... And you hold it over the, like, the bite wound, right? And that's supposed to bring the venom up to, like, the top of, like, your skin or whatever. And then you suck it out. And I'm just like, I, know. And, like, I always wonder, I'm like, this had to have, like, worked or something, like, in tandem, like, with something else for somebody to be like, no, yeah. Like, Uh Barbara got bit. (laughs) by this rattlesnake and we tried this and like Barbara's fine you know and so it just like went from there.
1: (laughs) I think the craziest one I've heard was electrifying the bite site like you take some sort of electrical charge and you zap the person right in the wound and I was like excuse me like who tried that who gave someone else permission to electrify their body. That's like some Thomas Edison nonsense, man. Who
2: just had like a taser or something on them. It was just like, look.
1: Uh, so what are, what are good ways in general for people to say triage or treat a snake bite? What is, what is some recommended? What,
2: right what we usually do is first of all, like wherever you're going, knowing that there's rattlesnakes there, first thing first, right? Also being able to talk to the hospitals that are closest to you because not all hospitals are gonna carry anti-venin. So if you get bit and I know that this is like it is such it's such a hard thing I think for people to do But don't panic and the main reason for that is because you don't want your like heart pumping like super fast You know, you don't want your blood kind of like moving throughout your body super quickly There's been kind of like back and forths about tourniquets, you know, like whether or not like you want to do that generally speaking for the U.S., the vipers that we have here, unless you have a really bad allergy to their venom, you have enough time to generally get to a hospital, right? Like, this isn't, like, a 20, 30-minute thing where you're going to get bit by a rattlesnake and, like, you know, like, mamba-style, like, 15 minutes later, like, you're on the floor, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But, so, keeping calm. I always have a sharpie with me because what you'll want to do is kind of circle the area that you got bit, And monitor, like, what's happening as, you know, like, you make it to the hospital and stuff like that. Because it also is possible for snakes to give you dry bites, right? Mm. And so it's really just, it's knowing the species in your area. It's knowing how their venom, you know, will impact you. And just, you know, like, the whole, like, stay calm thing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, like, another cool thing about, like, venom and snakes, which is, you know... It's interesting and it's also like it's pretty amazing is that like we know that like copperhead venom has actually been in the works to help with things like breast cancer, right? Because like some of the chemicals yeah. and stuff like that that are in that venom can help, you know, with you know, killing like a lot of the cells and stuff with cancer. And so like snakes have a lot of like cool benefits, you know,
1: but <laughs> all right, it's that uh, time in the show again. It's time, Lamise. For shout outs. So Lamise, who would you like to give some shout outs to?
2: First and foremost, I would love to give a shout out to my current advisor, Nia Morales. Nia is amazing in so many ways. We do a lot of human dimensions work. We're working on looking at like DEI within herpetology, like she's not a herpetologist, but she knows it's my thing. So we're looking at that. So also Lisa Halleck, who, uh, who gave me the, the experience with the rattlesnakes. Yeah. And then, uh, the manners and the natural resource diversity initiative down here mm-hmm. at UF have been really great as far as like, you know, providing us stuff to do outreach with these kids. And there really is nothing that like, I don't know, just like makes me like more happy than to hand like a little kid like a frog or something or a yeah. snake and just really just see those gears turning. And so the natural resource mm-hmm. diversity initiative, manners and the creek program down here have really been uh Shout out to them for doing, for
0: yeah.
1: doing all this shit. Thanks for being on the show, Lamise. We see you. We see what you're doing out here. And good luck with it all. We out! The We Out Here podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Grusas. Show theme by Spencer Snedden, Show graphics by Khalif Gillette. And lead editing by Patrick Emeribe. If you like this show, give us a five-star rating and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is going to help us move up the charts and reach an ever greater number of ears. You can also follow us on Twitter at WeOutHerePod and on Instagram at TheWeOutHerePod. If you're a black, brown, or indigenous person in science and nature and you want to share a story with our audience and get paid while you're at it, hit us up on social media or on our email at WeOutHerePod at gmail.com because we believe your stories matter. If you're able to financially support our mission of sharing our stories with an ever-broadening audience, go to patreon.com slash weouthearpod. We release bonus content like extended interviews. Uh, We also have ad-free forever episodes and now no SFX episodes for, you know, for the folks who just can't stand my sound effect jokes. Uh, Our tiers start as low as $2 a month, and at higher tiers, you'll get complimentary merch sent to you quarterly. Now, on a really important note, If you're ever in a situation with a snake bite and venomation, remember, stay calm, call 911, move to a safe area, call your local poison control, I'm double emphasizing that one, and never tourniquet, electrocute, or start sucking on your friends. Or do, who am I to judge?
0: I was gonna say, sage is bomb. That was my favorite. When I worked at a community garden, I was like every day, like a fiend, just going by the sage bush and rubbing it and putting it in my nose. So I get it.